Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. So as I have mentioned a few times on the show, I moved to Utah in the summer of 92. I started Channel 2 in August of 1992. And, you know, it took a while to adapt to Utah, but coming from California, I didn't think it was that big a jump. I think uh, living in the West is a little different than people who, you know, live in the South, the Midwest, the Northeast, and the West. I think if you move around in any of those regions, there's a lot in common. There's differences, you know, and you got to adapt and all that. And one thing that... uh, Pain me greatly, but because I was coming from Sacramento, I was already starting to adapt to. My whole life, I'd lived within 30 minutes of the beach. I am beach guy. We never had a boat. We never went to lakes. There was a lake near our house in San Diego. I mean, like, seriously, from our front yard, you could see it down the hill at the lake. But it was a drinking water reservoir, so there was no boating, no fishing. It was fenced off, and they patrolled it. So... There was, but I didn't know anybody who had a boat. I didn't know anybody who went to a lake. And we uh, got talking yesterday, and we ran a poll question, which is still up at David DJ James on Twitter. Go to David DJ James and vote. Um, so many people here, uh, when we were talking yesterday about what do you miss, what are you craving, and people were saying trips and the beach. And so I got into a whole Lake Powell versus Newport Beach thing. I've only been to Newport Beach one time. A few years ago, we had a friend of the family who got married there. Uh, and so we drove, we drove down or went down and, and did that. Uh, but going to the beach in San Diego, I usually went to Coronado. I've been to a few of the North County beaches a few times because i got family up there now. But as a kid, my grandparents were on Coronado, so that's where I went, this huge sandy beach. And the waves in Coronado, the waves are always between two and four feet. The rare storm that creates six-foot waves, that's enormous. And that's uh, not even once a year. It was once every two or three years. It'd be a big storm. And you wouldn't be there then anyway. So most of the time when I went to the beach, I was looking at two to four foot waves. That was it. And just the sound of those waves we're talking about is magical. And I thought when we put up this poll question, the beach was going to beat lake 70-30. I mean, I know here, I know a lot of people love to go boat. They love to go fish. They love to go water ski. Um, we live in Salt Lake City now. We used to live in Cottonwood Heights. And we had neighbors in Cottonwood Heights. And, man, boating was there. They were always going, they were always going boating. They were always going water skiing. And, uh, and so I get that if you've lived here, and actually they, they were from Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes. So they really had that. And I, I get it. The other thing I adapted to getting here is uh, beach lakes and then ocean mountains the way people feel about the ocean not even getting in the water but just standing out looking at it is the way people feel here about looking up at the mountains even if you're not in them knowing well in a week or on the weekend or whatever you're gonna go hiking or you're gonna go camping or whatever you know you you like mill creek because it's convenient mill creek canyon because it's convenient or american fork canyon because it's convenient but you're really looking forward to going up and on the mirror lake highway and you got some place you camp up there and they're totally different, but over time, I've really gotten that the, the way people talk about the mountains is the way people talk about the ocean. They're different, and yet they're the same. People they get this faraway look in their eyes, and they're talking to you, but they are like 20 years in the rearview mirror on some trip to the beach with family or trip to the mountains with family and friends, uh, some camp out or whatever. And it's so, it's one of the things that struck me. It's like, this is one of the differences and it's completely different. And yet it's the same experience. 
It's that getting away bonding thing. And that has made me think, and I don't think I'll ever do it, but if I move to uh, Omaha, Wichita, I went on a basketball trip once a long time ago. UC Santa Barbara was in the NIT, and uh, we had to go to Wichita State. And, uh, and it was a great environment. They, they've got an old arena with a ton of personality. Uh, they won the game. Uh, <laughs> and I remember... We were at the hotel, and there was some restaurant steakhouse across the street. And I had to do some radio hits. And so the, the other guys I was going to dinner with, they went first. It was a winter. It was already dark, you know, and it's probably, you know, uh, I don't know, 6 o'clock at night or something. And I do these radio hits, and I'm going to run across the street. And the wind is blowing, and it's flat. And I remember thinking, I'm, this has always stayed with me. Two trips to Kansas. Why do people live here? And, you know, and obviously I know Bowler, now Bowler left, but he grew up there. And Kansas City is a little different than, than Wichita, and I was in Manhattan, too. So cold, so windy, so flat. How do people do it? Because I know people in California are like, man, when I am stressed out, I just go to the beach and everything melts away. And people here, no matter how hard work goes, you go on a camp trip to the mountains, it all goes away. So how do people do it in these really flat places? How do people do it in the Midwest or the Northeast? And maybe I guess PK talks about, you know, some people in the Northeast go to go down the boardwalk, you know, and it's just it's jammed because there's so many people back there. I don't know. Hard to figure. Anyway, got me thinking about all that. Poll questions up. You can vote there. Newport Beach losing to Lake Powell. I can't believe it. I need the waves. All right. DJ and PK coming up. We've got uh, high school football. And college football. The Utes have a crew from Mission Viejo, and we're going to talk to him, and we're going to talk to his coach, and we're going to do that in just a minute. But first, I want you to uh, meet somebody who's doing some good work in the community. Some good eats. It's time to showcase those that are helping all of us through these difficult times. This is a partner profile on the Zone Sports Network. DJ, PK, and we are joined by Andrew Smith. He is the founder of Four Foods Group. You may have eaten at R&R Barbecue. Andrew, good morning. Good morning. You have some of my money, Andrew. Yes, I'm sorry I took it, but I gave you something good in return. You did. The ribs were tasty. (laughs) So well, we appreciate you having us on. Uh, no problem. Thanks for coming on. Uh, it actually is a go-to, you know, for the people who don't know, the radio station is in the arena up on the fifth floor, and you can eat at R&R at Jazz Games, and many of you probably have, uh, but you've also got a location right off the freeway on 600 South, and that is that has been a go-to for multiple radio station meetings. I actually kind of cringe when Scott Gerard says, let's go to R&R, because that's typically where he goes to tell us something we don't want to hear. <laughs> Because he knows well, at, least, at least something's coming out of that conversation. Well, that's true. Man. He knows we yeah, love yeah. the ribs, and so he takes us there. He's like, well, you got to do this, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we're going to yeah. do this. You're not going to like it, but we're going to do it anyway. And they're like, yeah, that's you bring us to R&R because you know we'll have our face down in the food, and we can't actually complain too much. That's the I, I love working. it. And the thing yeah, is. We're kind of bummed. We, we wish we were actually in the stadium serving uh, our fans, too. We are, uh, we're bummed about that. Yeah. But you got several things going. You're trying to work with the people now. You've got relief packs going for organizations. Tell people what you're doing. Yeah, so, you know, when this whole epidemic hit, one of the things that we saw that was the hardest hit were just families. Um, you know, there's a lot of fear in the air, um, a lot of fear at home, the people that staying at home, a lot of people not, not really cooking much because that's just not something we do very much in, in the economy. So 
we uh, we put together these kits that we, we originally called them just relief kits for our own employees at home. We have 1,400 employees up and down to use uh, the Utah Wasatch Front and uh, and surrounding states and. We put together these highly discounted kits for our families to say, listen, buy the foods, make sure you can feed the family during we, you know, this time as we weather this time down. And, and the response was so great to us to say thank you for cooking this meal for six to eight people for such a highly discounted price that really helped out our family that we thought, you know what, we should do our part to help others in the community because everyone's really getting beat up by this. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of unemployment hitting now a lot of furloughed employees and a lot of disconnected employees that are, are working from home instead of at the office and having that human uh, to human contact. So we, we introduced relief packs at the same price at our cost, $25 to feed six to eight people um, for R and R our sister company, Mobetas, And then of course our partner company, Costa Vida, you literally go to reliefpacks.org. You can sign up as an organization and buy them for your employees, which you want to be a cool CEO, I would say do that because the response is amazing. And then you can also be a donor if you want to help take care of people that are first-line responders, um, if you want to also do uh, uh, other organizations or people that have been furloughed or unemployed, you can donate money, and then we'll find a home for those of people that are in need as well. We've already done about 18,000 meals literally in two weeks. So the community support has been amazing. I appreciate all the jazz fans that have, have always loved R&R over the years. We have nine locations now up and down the, the Wasatch Front. So we, we just want to give back to those that have, uh, have built our company to what it is today. And you have free delivery? We have uh, delivery. You can do curbside pickup. We have uh, drive-throughs at all of our locations now that are virtual drive-throughs. I mean, you don't have to have any contacts. You can do it all digital, drive-by. They'll actually uh, put it in the back seat, and you can drive away. But it's an unbelievable price. It's $25, six to eight people. You eat, you know, three pounds of pulled pork. You get two sides, and you get... uh, you get uh, uh, rolls with it as well. I mean, it is an unbelievable deal. And again, like I said, we're doing this to, to help provide relief to those in the community right now. So a CEO, congregation, organization, if you want to be a donor, or if you know people that need meals because they have been furloughed or are unemployed now, you can actually enter their name, too, in an anonymous listing on ReliefPacks.org so that we can get them a meal from a donor. So it's it's, it's been really slick, and we just really – we're very proud of what we've done so far. Andrew Smith joining us. He's the founder of the Four Foods Group. And R&R Barbecue is uh, adapting to the changing times. So uh, for people who don't know, you've got more than one location. Where can people find R&R Barbecue? Yeah, we're all as, as, as far up as Farmington. We're in North Salt Lake. Of course, they're in Salt Lake, which is the, the founding spot. Um, we're in the Vivint Smart Home Arena. If you guys would just open the doors there, that would be really nice. I'm just kidding. We're, we're in the Vivint Smart Home Arena. And then we're down in Midvale. We're in 106. We're in Lehigh, Pleasant Grove, Riverwoods, down in Provo, too. So we are all up and down the, the Utah Wasatch Front. Those sides, they include baked beans. Mm. You can't go wrong with baked beans. You can't go wrong with the uh, mashed potatoes and gravy. You yeah. can't go wrong with about any of it. <laughs> Usually mashed. Who doesn't want a warm cooked meal? Mashed potatoes and gravy, and I like the coleslaw. I need something to cut yeah, the it. Coleslaw is unreal. I need yep. something to unbelievable. Yeah. Whenever, whenever it I do comes ribs. with coleslaw too, so it's really good. You got to have that. Yeah. There you go. All right. So, uh, where do people find you online? So just go to reliefpacks.org. That's where they can find this program. And, of course, our brands at fourfoodsgroup.com as well, all spelled out. So, where you can find us. 
Okay. And uh, phone numbers, if they want to call any of those individual locations and uh, and do the drive-by curbside right, or virtual. Right on relieftax.org and, and uh, also on rnrbbq.com. All right. There it is. Well, Andrew, thanks for everything you're doing. We appreciate it. And uh, we, we all look forward to uh, meeting around the table and uh, listening to Scotty tell us something we don't want to hear. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it together next time. I want to hear nothing too. I appreciate it. Thank you, Andrew. (laughs) Andrew Smith, founder of the Four Foods Group, and you can uh, get your our barbecue fix uh, right now. And also, you can donate and uh, help out somebody you know is struggling. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. We are joined now by... Chad Johnson, head coach at Mission Viejo High School. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, making it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Chad, good morning. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So uh, before we get, uh, we got a couple lines of questioning we want to get to. But uh, I was uh, reading up on you online a little bit, and I saw a reference to Hofstra, and I thought, oh, boy, a New Yorker who's moved <laughs> west. PK, PK grew up in Jersey, so we hear a lot of Jersey, New York stories. He hasn't brought up uh, eating a restaurant in a mob. He, hasn't, he brought up eating a meal in a, uh, a mobbed-up restaurant in like 45 minutes on the air. So <laughs> I was curious, because it looks like you grew up in Southern California, but you went to Hofstra and moved back. So just a little background before we jump in. Yeah, I I, uh, I I grew up right here, uh, Tolar High School, which is a high school in the same district that I'm coaching in right now. Um, went and played one year in Iowa, and then played three years at Hofstra. Um, loved it, loved New York, loved Long Island. Um, but you know, when it when it snowed on my birthday, my birthday's in late April, my senior year, I was like, okay, enough of this, I'm going back home. <laughs> well. You obviously have a player who's committed to Utah, and you know I too was reading up on you, and we had on Norm Chow, and obviously I'm sure you know who Norm Chow is, and we've had him on, we've had him on for a number of years now. We knew him when he coached at BYU, and he says that you are you come highly recommended yourself, and he named uh, uh, you're the second Johnson, the other Johnson's a Hall of Fame coach who coached at the school you're at and developed a lot of good quarterbacks. When you look at this particular quarterback, if I'm correct, I believe you coached uh, Josh Rosen. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I had, I had Josh and, and a bunch of really good quarterbacks, um, you know, shoot, dating all the way back to 2002, and, and I've had a, a lot of good ones, and and, uh, and and Peter's right there with all of them. He's, he's really, really good, so we're, we're excited to – to have him commit to Utah, and, and are excited about our senior year. Hopefully, hopefully we can have it on time. You know, Peter Costelli uh, had some pretty good stats: twenty-three uh, touchdowns, five picks. He ran for four more. I think we were all surprised to see he runs a ten point eight two hundred meters. I actually saw some video of that on social media. So, but I also read that you limited how much he ran. So. 
Uh, he, Kyle Whittingham loves dual-threat quarterbacks. Talk a little bit about his, uh, his ability to move. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. So to go back all the way, you know, I was at St. John Bosco um, when Peter was a freshman and then also before. So he used to come to our little eighth grade, seventh grade. Um, it was actually called like the Jason Negro uh, Youth Football Camp. And, and he was out there as a seventh grader, eighth grader, um, you know, just kind of, and, and the camp really wasn't super aggressive. It was more of like a fun camp and, you know, but it was, it was more of a, a week long fun camp. I mean, shoot, sometimes maybe he's glorified babysitting for some of the parents, but in the summertime, so, you know, we, we would have a situation in, in, in our camps where we'd do like a combine. It was, it always started off every single day. We always do speed and agility work and, which two kids had to run, and some kids had no clue how to run properly, and some kids had a clue. And then, of course, at the end of the week, we always do kind of like the fastest man competition. Well, you know, I think about it, I think John Bosco is basically in, in south of, of Compton and Watts and, and you know, just, just uh, inland from Long Beach. So the kids that we had in our camp were very, very talented as far as speed is concerned. They were very fast. Um, and a lot of fast athletes came through that camp, and, and we do the fastest man competition. There's Peter. Um, you know, this, this kid with size 15 shoes, and he goes out there and beats them all and, and just blows them all away. And we're like, holy cow, this kid's super fast. So then we saw him throw the ball around. We're like, oh, my gosh, this kid's got a real chance. So, uh, you know, of course, you know, at Bosco, you know, we, we tried to attract Peter to come to our program, and, and he did. Um, we worked with him, you know, as an eighth grader going into high school on a 7-on-17. Um, and then uh, he was our freshman quarterback. And then after his freshman season, that's when I – um, left and, and went to Mission Viejo um, and took that program over. And, and lucky enough for me, um, I'm able to kind of reunite, reunite with Peter, and, and he came to Mission last year, and he had a great success. So why do you think he chose the Utes? Gosh, I think a lot of reasons. Um, one, you know, Coach Whittingham's brother, Fred, does a phenomenal job. Um, he's one of my favorite, favorite recruiters um, out there. He's unbelievable. Um, even, you know, when I was at Bosco, I felt that um, he did a great job recruiting, always always offered the right guy, you know, um, and wasn't afraid to offer a kid that he saw a lot of talent in but maybe didn't have a lot of offers. So many times these college coaches, you know, they'll come in, they'll see a kid they really like, and the first question out of their mouth is, well, who else, who else has offered him, coach? And I'm like, well, why does that matter? Do you not trust your own eyes? Do you not trust your own ability? Like, who cares? You know, if you see the kid out there and he's, you know, got all the measurables. He's flying around making plays. Well, why does that question even need to come out of your mouth? And and but a lot of college coaches say that. You know, I say most of them. Um, and uh, Fred's not that guy. You know, Fred doesn't care. He doesn't ask who's offered him. He he is. If he sees talent on a kid, he'll go out there and pull a trigger. And I think that meant a lot to Peter. You know, Utah was the first big time Pac-12 program on him. Um, and uh, Coach Whittingham did a great job. You know, recruiting him. And and uh, and I and I love uh, what he does. And I think. About it, I said. Uh, I said, you know, I go, I go. You're, you're definitely going to be at a place where it's always the top of the Pac-12. It's not like you're going to the bottom of the Pac-12. And you got to claw your way out. Um, you're at the top of the Pac-12, and the best thing about it is you got a phenomenal run game, and you always are going to have great linemen in front of you. You know, you're not going to run around for your life. Um, and I, I go plus, like you have an aggressive defense that's going to get you lots of possessions offensively. They're always really talented. I go, honestly, and then you've had really good receivers. I mean, it's not like you have a million of them, but, I mean, shoot, Utah has always had some big-time receivers. Like, you kind of got all the pieces there that you could possibly come in and, and do a great job and, and take them to a Rose Bowl. 
Chad Johnson joining us, head coach at Mission Viejo High School. Peter Castelli's his quarterback, just gave the verbal commitment to Utah. So we have seen in recruiting battles, you know, the verbal commitment, that that's a big deal, but we've also seen plenty of guys change their mind down the road. Mm. You mentioned that the Utes were the first big-time school to offer them. I've read 19 scholarship offers, and I've seen that Oregon, LSU, Nebraska, Louisville, uh, about half of the Pac-10, not USC, UCLA, or Stanford, not those three, um, but Colorado, Arizona, Oregon was in, Washington State. So these schools are presumably, at least some of them, are going to keep recruiting him. Do you think he's really locked into Utah? Yeah, you know, if you know Peter, he's not that type of kid that um, is, is going to be, you, you know, okay, so if you look at a kid's Twitter and his social media, you can kind of tell what kind of kid he is. This kid's posting every single day about how many offers. And tomorrow, look out! I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna post my top 15 and my top seven and my top this and top that. And there's all over social media. You could probably make a, a, a an assessment about the kid that he may not be a firm commitment. If you look at at Peter's social media, I mean, you, you look at his dad. You'll see his dad post some stuff, but you won't see very much on Peter at all. He's not that type of kid. He could really care less. Uh, about retweeting, liking, or he just he's not that type of kid at all. He, he's, he's all about ball, um, and uh, he doesn't get distracted with all that stuff. Um, and, and, you know, I, I can just tell talking to him after he committed, you know, it was more of a relief. He was, he was excited and just be glad to be uh, a youth and be glad to be done with the recruiting process because it can be stressful. I mean, if you, got, you guys got to figure, if there's 19 colleges that have offered you a scholarship – and they're all recruiting you heavily. That's 19 phone calls or text messages a day, you know, and, and that, that can be a lot for a kid. And I think, um, you know, just the, it, the pressure of all of them trying to grab your attention is just a lot to deal with. I think he's also probably really excited to deal with it. We all know that down in your region, not just your area, but your whole region down there in Southern California, it has so many great players and to me, one of the bigger stories, I think, involved in this is not just an individual kid, because in order to have a successful po- football program, you've got to have a lot of really good players, not just one or two. This isn't basketball, obviously, or pitching staff and baseball. And so to me, a bigger story here, rather than the individual, is that you're getting a premier kid who's committing before his junior year of high school is over. And I realize closed schools are closed now, but you get the point. And to me, it sends a message to your kids and to coaches in your region that, hey, and you just brought it up, come to Utah, at least consider Utah, because if you want to play good football, and we obsess about college football in our area. It, college football does not get buried. It is pronounced. We've got college football, and we got the NBA Jazz, and there are big things, and we obsess about them. We've got three high-level Division One programs within two hours of each other, and we make a big deal about it. And so the story is now, hey, look, if you want to play on a win, in a winning program – in front of people who really care, consider Utah. So what do you think is Utah's reputation in your region now? I mean, gosh, they, they've always been really good with, with a lot of other positions. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, linemen, it, it, it's, it's tough to get into Utah as, as a California lineman because you guys got so many with uh, all the Polynesians um, you have in, in Utah that, you know, you really don't need to go outside. You know, you really don't need to search very long and far for 
for linemen. So for linemen, we had a kid last year, Kieran Tanavasa, that's coming to you guys after his mission. And it was tough. You know, they, you know, Coach Whittingham was like, you know, gosh, I just don't know. We have a lot of guys. And, and, and eventually they ended up pulling a trigger. And, and Kiana's dad, uh, Sean, played backer for Utah, too. This is a kid that was, you know, had some strong connections. And, and so lineman's tough. But, but for a quarterback, you know, a lot of times these quarterbacks, to me, they, they, they go with the flash and then they all transfer. I, I just, I, a lot of times these quarterbacks are misinformed. They don't think it through. You know, they go for the, the flashy offer, whether it's, you know, USC or, or even now leaving the state completely and going, you know, I'll shoot my last quarterback at Bosco DJ's over at Clemson, you know, and, and they're leaving the state and going all the way across the country. You know, you had Tua go to Alabama. You've had the, um, the Blake Bortles or not Blake Bortles, what was his name? Blake something went to uh, Alabama too. And then we're back out of uh, Corona area. It's just one of those things where, you know, quarterback's a tricky one um, and they kind of go everywhere. And, and I think, Going to Utah to me is, is, I told Peter, I think it's an intelligent move. I mean, you, you, you evaluate all the things that can help a quarterback. Okay, the first thing is, is going to be run game. You know, do you have a run game or are you sitting back there every single play and getting teed off on by a pass rush? Well, no, you have a phenomenal run game. You know, Utah's always had that. Um, you know, do you have offensive linemen? Yes, you got offensive linemen out the wazoo. You got, you know, linemen for days. You know, do you have a great defense that's going to get you the ball back? Like, yes, you do. And then the final thing is, do you have receivers to the ball to you? Well, yeah, you've always had it. I mean, you guys have, uh, you know, some Hall of Fame receivers, in fact. And I think the biggest thing that, that Utah has been missing since Alex Smith has been a big marquee uh, quarterback that can, that can really take it over the top and, and do uh, amazing things, get Utah possibly into the Final Four, you know, the, uh, the, the uh, playoffs. Chad Johnson joining us, Mission Viejo High School football coach. His quarterback, Peter Castelli, uh, is a four-star quarterback and has uh, made a verbal commitment to attend the University of Utah. So I'm, I'm curious down there because we've seen some highly rated quarterbacks uh, come here to one of the schools and, and to flop, and it's happened at Utah and it's happened at BYU. And so sometimes one thing we see with quarterbacks is, you know, there's a lot of recruiting going on at the high school level, and guys play on stacked teams, and it's just a lot easier to look good, win big, mm. put up huge stats. And I know, uh, you know, you're at a public school down there, so it's a little different. There are private schools, and you used to be at one of those at St. John Bosco, where teams can be loaded. How, how, how loaded is the Mission Viejo roster? How outmanned? with some of the, the teams you played against, how much could that be a factor? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, Mission Viejo is in, in the total division that we're in, which is the top division in Southern California. We're, we're probably one of three top public schools um, in Southern California. It would probably be us, Corona Centennial, and then Colonel Del Mar. Um, and uh, I, I think um, with, with Peter, yes, Mission Viejo is a talented football team. But we've played teams in our preseason that are just as talented as us, and we've played teams in our postseason. And I think if you look at one game in particular, if you want to kind of judge um, his talent when the playing field is equal, I think you should look to the quarterfinal game that we played against Servite. Uh, Servite was a football team last year that lost to St. John Bosco by a point, um, by an extra point, actually. They actually missed an extra point to tie the game. They lost by one point. And we played them in the quarterfinals, and, and Peter uh, really put the team on his back and, and carried us to a victory, 38 points, uh, and just played unbelievable. 
um, when when the talent was equal. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think those are the games that you guys need to look for as a fan, as a coach, and say, okay, how do you do when talent was equal? You know, I don't want to see talent when they, they beat up on somebody that doesn't really say, like do anything like you guys said. And also, their side, what if the talent was lopsided? Like, well, the next week when we did play modern day, and, and the talent is lopsided, and, and, you know, things didn't go as well because, you know, he doesn't have time to throw the ball. He's getting killed, and, and the talent is just so, so lopsided. Receivers can't get open. It's just tough. Um, you know, and, and, uh, and, and, but in that survey game, when, when the talent was equal, you know, he, he came to play and, and really took team miles back and led us to victory. Uh, before I get to my question, I want to say I think you have the quote of the morning, Utah has Lyman out the wazoo. I thought that was an excellent description of what the Ute program has been about, so I commend you on that. You've obviously done your homework, plus it was funny, so thank you for that quote. Now, my question <laughs> is we, when we had Norm Chow on, you know, obviously this guy is a legend when it comes to being an offensive coordinator and when it comes to quarterbacking, having coached three Heisman Trophy winners, and his resume speaks for itself. And he said one of the common denominators, he also said, too, that it's difficult to figure out what quarterback is going to be good at what school and all that. And But he said that as he looked at common denominators among all the great quarterbacks that he had at the pro level and at the college level, he said they were great people. They were great leaders. They got along with their teammates. Their teammates loved them and all that type of thing. And he really hit that emphasis hard. How would you ex- describe Peter relative to what Norm Chow describes as a common denominator among all great quarterbacks? Yeah, I, I could not agree more with Coach Chow. I, I think that's a 100% accurate assessment of what makes a great quarterback. And what, as you know, because when we were, at, we were at Bosco, you know, even at Mission, we, we got a lot of good players, a lot of good quarterbacks. But the, the thing that separates it is, is just that, like you said, is, you know, when, when Peter walks around campus, you know, he has. Like a, like a beehive of football players around him, and they all walk together from class to class, and the kids love him. And when he goes through his workouts um, outside of outside of class, you know, the all receivers go go catch for him. You know, they love him. And then, um, you know, he's a phenomenal leader, very very high character kid. Um, you know, uh, gosh, never never ever going to get in trouble with anything. Um, he's just not that type of kid. He's a very humble, down to earth kid. Um, you know, if anything, shoot, I'm trying to I'm trying to bring out you know more of of that vocalness for him. Um, you know, now that he's going to be a senior, and, and some of our phenomenal leaders like Tanavasa uh, have graduated. Um, you know, it's time for him now to step up, and he's done a great job this off season with that. Um, you know, in the off season, we allow our quarterbacks to call every single play. Uh, in the off season, you know, throwing workouts and stuff like that that we have, so it kind of automatically puts him in front of the team and. And they got to do the talking, and he's done a great job with that. And I was so excited to, to get going with spring ball here uh, starting on Monday. Um, but it looks like we're not going to be able to do that. And shoot, it looks like we might be somewhat pushed back as well. So, um, But I'm not worried about that. When we, when we get the green light to get out there, there's no doubt in my mind that, that Peter will be the leader of our team like he has been so far this offseason. And, and we'll get, it, you know, get going and have a great year. Chad Johnson, head coach at Mission Viejo High School, joining us. His uh, quarterback, Peter Costelli, with a verbal commitment to Utah. One thing Kyle Whittingham has been consistent about over the years, and, and consistent's a big word with him, so there's a lot of things. He really 
is into that. Uh, and it's been that he likes multi-sports stars. He finds guys competing in a sport that maybe isn't their best sport, but it's pretty revealing about how they compete, the poise they have, you know, a lot of those intangible things coaches are always trying to assess. So obviously, Peter ran track, does the 100 meters, and he and does relay, and he plays football. Did he play other sports growing up since you knew him in junior high? Does he play a winter sport? I mean, three sports is pretty hard to do, but maybe he does it. No, I mean, I think I think when he was little, you know, he probably played them all. You know, like we all kind of put our kids in different things. Like I saw a kid in soccer and he's terrible and hated it. Um, so we're not doing that anymore. But, no, I think he, he probably played them all. Um, you know, he came to Mission Viejo. Our uh, head track coach for the men is also our freshman defensive coordinator. And I was telling him, you know, how excited I was to get Peter and, and kind of his attributes, of course, like you guys just talked about, one of his attributes is his speed. And the, the defense coordinator was like, you know, he's also a teacher. He's in my same department. He teaches uh, econ. I teach civics. And he was like, hey, does this kid run track? And I'm like, let's do it. Let's get him out there. And he's like, awesome. So he goes out there the first time in track and, you know, had no clue how to get blocks, didn't have shoes. So he literally wore like, like a football shorts, football shirt, and just regular old shoes and, you know, couldn't figure out how to get in the blocks. It was funny. And it goes out there and runs like 11-1 or 11-2. So then the track coach is like, dude, you gotta get, we got to get you a, a track suit to wear. we got a speed suit. we got to get you shoes, a cle- uh, uh, spikes. Well, they go down to like Dick's Sporting Goods or whatever, and his feet are so big that he can't get spikes, you know, because it's like a special order. So he's got a special order of spikes. Like two weeks later, the spikes try and come in, and then he starts popping sub-11 second hundreds and gets all down to like 10-8. And by then the season was over. Um, got, you know, by, by the time all that happened, he got, you know, trained for track, got ready to go, you know, the season was over and it was time to go back to spring football. Well, this year, I mean, he had been training as soon as football got done and we came back from Christmas break in, in early January, he was training for track, which he did not do last year. So we were all really excited to see what he was going to run in track this year, having trained, you know, January, February. And then starting March, when we got sent home, the beginning of March, um, you know, we, we were all really excited to be in traction to see what he was going to run. And, and our 4 by one team had a real chance for a state championship. Like we have a couple of players that are very fast. And then Peter had a chance to get into the state finals, you know, all the way with his speed. He can go down and run a 10-6. You know, in most years, that'll put you at least in Masters and possibly in the state championship for track. Well, Chad, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we're going to talk to Peter coming up here in a little while. So uh, we look forward to that as well. Thanks for coming on the air. Thanks for having me, guys. There's Chad Johnson, football coach at Mission Viejo High School, the quarterback, Peter Costelli, coming up next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Peter Costelli joins us now. Quarterback at Mission Viejo High School. He's uh, given a verbal commitment to play for the youths. Peter, good morning. Morning. So, 
Committing to the University of Utah, I think we're all curious. You had offers from Oregon and LSU and Nebraska, and I've read about 19 offers in all. Uh, why the Utes? Um, I mean, one of the main reasons was that, you know, they've just been with me from the very beginning, and that means a lot to me, just knowing that ever since I was at them, you know, they kind of believed in me and, like, recruited me for that long. Um, I also love how, you know, all the coaches, they just treat you like family, you know. You're all, like, very close to each other. And also just the feel of the campus, you know, it's somewhere I feel like I could be for the next four years. I heard you made a couple of trips up to the University of Utah. What did you see on campus? I heard you were at the Arizona State game. What, what kind of impression did that make? Uh, that, game, that game, it was interesting because it was like freezing cold and raining, but it was great because, you know, the fans were still packed. It was still a full house. I thought that was really awesome to see. and People still tailgating. I thought that was really cool to see. So how long have you followed the Utes closely? When did they get on your radar? Uh, I started getting on my uh, radar like uh, during when I was my sophomore year. And they started recruiting me first, and then they offered me after my sophomore year, and that's kind of when it started to really start like going forward. And then I was able to take two visits up there. One for it was like for um, a, sorry, a camp, and then the other one was for the Arizona State game. So you, uh, we've had your uh, high school coach on, uh, Chad Johnson, mm-hmm. and he's he cool. actually yeah, and he actually told us a story, and so I'm kind of curious your perspective on this. That when before he took the Mission Viejo job, when he was the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator at St. John Bosco, they had a uh, camp there basically for junior high kids, and he said there was a wide range of abilities. There were kids who could play. There were maybe it was glorified babysitting for some for some families that dropped their kids there. It was a wide range. What do you remember about your your first meeting with him? And is that where you really started to get locked into quarterback play, or did something happen before then? Um, I mean, I kind of always been you know a quarterback, but like just being at that camp, you know, it was just a fun. It was like it's kind of a thing. Like, oh my god, like I can you know play bigger time football. Like this would be more. It'd be interesting, you know, looking to Bosco and. You know, I hit it off with the coaches, and I'm like, awesome, like, let's do this, you know? So as you you progress through here, uh, he also told us a story about how they found out how fast you were uh, at those camps. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you started running track. How much of a uh, passion did that become for you? Um, It it was fun. I did it more for, like, a fun thing just to get faster for uh, football than, like, you know, a true, like, passion. But, like, it was just a lot of fun, you know, to have, like, teammates, too, and running the 4 by one doing the 100 against others. It was just, like, a fun event. Also, I got, like, faster, too, with it, so it really helped. So you make your commitment in your junior year. Was that something that you wanted to do, or did it just come about naturally? You felt like, now's the time. This I might as well do it because this is what I want to do. No, I definitely wanted to do it my junior year. I wanted to just, you know commit early so I didn't have to really worry about it my senior year and just focus on my season. But, like, I guess, like, a lot of people were like, well, why did you commit, like, earlier than you thought? Well, it's just kind of because, like, this whole, like, coronavirus thing kind of, like, had a, had a lot of time for me and my parents to kind of talk and sit down and just, like, think about things. And basically just, you know, Utah just checked off all the boxes. So when we were talking, like, you know, it just feels like the right thing to do to just commit now. So I heard that you, uh, you're 
process got interrupted a little bit by the coronavirus because you did get to visit some schools and you came to Utah, but there were other schools are pursuing you that you didn't get to take your official trips to. Mm-hmm. Was that a was that a factor when you decided? Well, no one's going to be traveling for a while. Did that speed things up? Uh, I mean, kind of. You know, it's just you know I wanted to. Like, when I said, like, Utah checks off all the boxes and we had all these other plans up, when me and my parents were kind of talking, you know, like, now that we're not going on those plans, like, what's really the point of going on those trips? Like, what else are you really looking for that's not at Utah? And so I was like, well, I guess nothing really. So that's when I kind of just figured it out. And also talking with Coach Johnson, he's like, he said a lot of words to me also that really helped out in making my decision. What, what were those words? What are you talking about? Basically, you know, just like they have everything there for you. Like, you know, you're always going to have a solid line. You're always going to have a good defense to back you up. You're going to have just like good people around you. You know, they've always like needed a quarterback and you can be that guy. And just other things too. Like it's just a perfect fit for you. And yeah, a lot of those. We've heard a lot of good things about you, but obviously you can't be a uh, a finished product after your junior year in high school. What do you think you need to mm-hmm. work on to improve? Definitely, I'm, I want to be as good in the mental game as possible just to help my team get in the best situation they can against any defense we go up against to you know get the best play possible. So what was the response of the coaches uh, when you told them, did you tell Freddie first and then Kyle, or how'd that work? I told uh, Kyle first, and he was, he was fired up. They're all fired up. It was, it was great to hear. I was so excited. I called uh, Kyle, Freddie, and then I called uh, Coach Ludwig. And they're all really excited, so that made me happy. So, uh, how much did you get to interact with uh, the offensive coordinator Andy Ludwig? I got to interact with him a lot. Uh, when when I went down for there, my visit one time, we were able to sit down. He was able to go over the offense. It was just really cool to listen because you know he he uh, puts together his playbook based on the players that he has. You know, so he fits the playbook to his players. And I just thought. That was one. That was a really big like reason why I liked it so much. I just thought it was a really cool thing. When did you first get interested in Utah? Um, I guess when I uh, went down there for a visit, you know, because I didn't really know a lot about Utah. But once I went down for a visit, it just like it was just kind of like an eye opener. Like, wow, this is awesome. You know, just getting to know the coaches, getting to know the area, the college. And I just thought it was really cool. So uh, I grew up in California, and PK worked in California for about a decade, actually not just a little bit north of where you are, not very far at all, mm-hmm. uh, at all up in the uh, San Pedro area there, and, well, up and down the coastline, actually, a little bit covering high school sports. And so we know that there are people in California who have been to Utah, vacation, national parks, ski trips, extended family, whatever, and then there are people for whom it is just completely foreign. Now, I heard your dad travels a lot for work. Explain to people what your, uh, what your dad does, and, uh, and then if that helped play an impact, because he must have been to Utah multiple times. Um, I mean, yeah, so my dad is a location manager, so basically he works in, like, film industries and stuff, so for, like, movies and stuff, they'll say, hey, we need a location that's, like, looks like this or it's so so in this place and he basically goes out and looks for those spots and uh yeah i think he's been there you know salt lake city a couple times before i went but it's basically just like you know a cool area like it's a cool area to be at like total college town which is a cool place what was the response of family friends teammates whatever because 
Utah hasn't been at the forefront, but yet it's an emerging program. Mm-hmm. No, my my teammates have been super, you know, supportive of me. Everyone like congratulating me, and it's just like you know, hopefully people realize like you know, Utah is an awesome place to be and an awesome place to play football too. It's a great opportunity. There are uh, there are a lot of Utah fans who are waiting for that first win at USC. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing. You know about that. <laughs> Kinda. So, uh, can you explain to people the pull of USC and UCLA down there? And I heard you didn't get offers, and we have talked to other players who've come up the, up here and in the same mm-hmm. situation, because obviously they only have 25 scholarships and there's a gazillion players. They can't offer them all down mm-hmm. there. Uh, but we found that that's been a motivating factor for a lot of the Southern California players who come to Utah. Is it for you? You're asking, like, why, why I'm not interested in them? No, no. I'm asking, is it a motivating factor for you, the chance to come back to L.A. to beat the teams that didn't recruit you in front of friends and family, we have found a lot of players get very motivated by that, and I wonder if that kind of resonates with you, too. Um, I don't know if it's a big resonating thing. You know, of course, like, I'm going to be super competitive and want to, you know, go against those guys, but, like, it's not like a driving force, but I definitely want to, you know, beat them all. <laughs> Chad Johnson is your coach now, so obviously you work with him. Before him, no relation was Bob Johnson, who has been a quarterback guru down in your area for many, many years. Have you worked with him? I have not. Who else, uh, other quarterback coaches, have you worked with? I've worked with uh, Steve Calhoun with Army Makers Football. I've worked with uh, Chris Ricks with Champion, Champion Football. Yeah, mainly those two. What kind of stuff do they uh, work with you? Is it mostly, you know, throwing motion, fundamentals, mechanics and all that, or do they get into the mental side of the game you were talking about and looking at film and defenses and and how to handle them? Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of it's just mechanics and stuff, just, you know, getting formed down, you know, drills, you know, working with pressure, footwork, release. A lot of that's them. And then Coach Johnson's the big one, which is helping me with the mental game. So when you made your commitment, you put on 20% committed, and you listed to some of the coaches. I know you had Freddie's name on there. Uh, this is a different time with the virus, and kids can't take visits and whatnot. But I see a lot of these kids uh, put out there, you know, they're committed to school, fill in the blank, but yet they still take phone calls, and maybe when if the situation would allow it, they would take visits to other places, even though they've made the commitment. How do you intend to handle that going forward? Um, I mean, I'm I'm committed to Utah, so I'm not really looking at any other schools. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm in this for the long haul. So, in the recruiting process, did you settle on Utah a little faster than your parents? Did they settle on it before you? Did one of you have to convince the other, or did everybody figure it out at the same time? Everyone pretty much figured out, and my parents have been awesome. They're they're not really trying to persuade me on one school or the other. They're letting like me decide, and then you know if I ask how they feel, they'll you know they'll say how they feel. But it was kind of like you know a mutual thing where we both felt the same thing about Utah, which was pretty nice. Has Fred Winningham or any of the other coaches uh, talked to you about any other guys they might be recruiting in Southern California that you might have relationships with, and have you uh, work on getting them to Utah as well? <laughs> uh, not yet, but they said they're definitely going to have me. You know talks to some guys and hoping, you know, to get them into Utah, and I'm more than happy to. You know, I'm excited. 
some kids uh, come up at uh, January of their senior year and start college then. Do you anticipate that, or would it be the yeah. following summer after graduation? No, I'm planning on graduating early and so, starting in January. Okay. So the track okay. careers, the track careers all over, huh? We heard you might be getting down to like a ten six. You're never going to get a chance to do that. Yeah, I know. Sadly, it's probably how it's going to be. Yep. All right. Well, <laughs> Peter, we appreciate a few minutes. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we look forward to uh, seeing you up on the hill one day. Of course. Thank you for having me. There's Peter Costelli. He's headed to the University of Utah. When we come back, he's given the verbal commitment, but it, it sounds like he'll sign and he'll he'll stay at the U. All right. When we come back. What is trending? All the headlines next.